I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. We took a little bit of a swing when we launched Front Door creatively, and I'm not sure if you've had the opportunity to look at the work, but we took a couple of songs um, had made little parodies, um, and one of them is instead of we built this city as we fixed this toilet. And we knew that it was going to stand out from that sea of sameness that I talked about, which was so important for me to make sure that this brand looked different. And people, you know, just, you know, almost snap your head back like, wait, what was that? And at the same time, you know, I knew there would be people saying, what in the world are you trying to do here? I mean, you've got people dancing around a toilet and that sort of thing. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Marketing Vanguard podcast. I'm Jenny Rooney, and I am here with Kathy Collins, who I'm thrilled to be joined by. Kathy, it's so good to see you. It's great to see you, Jenny. So I've been looking forward to this conversation. You and I have known each other for quite some time now, and I've just loved watching your career journey, the things you've done, um, and what's really led you to this place. We're going to talk about that. But um, you are the Senior Vice President and Chief Brand Officer at Front Door. Uh, But there was a big announcement that was just made recently. So perhaps you can introduce yourself and by way of that, share a little bit about your new news. Oh, well, thank you. Yes, this was uh, big news. I'm very, very humbled, very excited. Um, Was just named yesterday the Chief Revenue Officer uh, at Front Door Corporation. I had been the Chief Brand Officer, which really included all things marketing, PR, and product, and now adding to that sales. So um, really excited. I have an amazing team, and this company is just in a great place. So it's a good time and a lot of fun. And uh, I just got back from vacation yesterday, so it's like, wow, this has been quite a week already. (laughs) I mean, whirlwind. First of all, congratulations. That's huge. Um, You've been at Front Door now for how many years? So just short of two years, um, probably 19, 20 months, something like that. Yeah. Um, and it's been it's, it's been great. We've launched a new brand um, just in that time since I've been here. And at the same time, are revitalizing the brand we've had for 50 years, which is American Home Shield. Well, so talk a little bit about Front Door for people who don't know. Tell, yeah. tell a little bit about the company, how long it's been around and, and, and what, it is, what it, its mission is for sure. Right. Absolutely. So Front Door um, has actually been around in some capacity for over 50 years. And it was the old service master. Um, the big brand was American Home Shield. And there was a spinoff five years ago. Um, and so American Home Shield is really kind of the key brand under the Front Door um, corporate identity. 
And then last year, there's a couple of other smaller brands, but then last year we decided to launch sort of the next generation of home warranties, if you will, and that's where the front door brand um, was launched. And so that has been around now for, gosh, just, I guess, six or seven months. Mm -hmm. Um, But that story is a great one because it really is going after, you know, you take a category like home warranties, which is not the sexiest thing (laughs) in the world, um, and also a little bit dated in general, and you take it and sort of rework it and turn it into something that might reach a different audience. And that's what we did with Front Door. Mm. So lots of excitement there. So talk about that. I mean, is this primarily a B2C brand, but is there a B2B element to it? So on the American Home Shield side, it's both. Um, when you think about home warranties, so much is done around the time of a, of a house, a home purchase. Mm-hmm. So we work directly to consumer for sure, but then also through real estate companies, real estate agents, title companies, property companies. Front Door, the new brand, is a little bit different. So what's different about it is Front Door is actually an app. And if you think about how things work in your home, um, a lot of times, uh, especially with younger generations, when something goes wrong, it's like, I need an answer and I need it quickly. YouTube might not be filling that need perfectly. So that's why we uh, created Front Door. The way it works, you've got your app. Um, and should something go wrong in your home, you go to the app. Within minutes, you will be connected to an expert in the area where you need them, which could be HVAC, heating and cooling. It could be an appliance broke down. It could be electric. It could be plumbing. And we will connect you virtually um, through a video chat with one of our experts. Mm. And they will do their best to walk you through either what's what the fix looks like or if you do need to have an expert come into your home, they can help find one in your neighborhood that we've already vetted and we know. Um, and so it's really just the beauty of, you know, of that one-stop app for all things home. And I will tell you, um, we have had one person, uh, there's been a lot of great use around the app already. We, we do- have about 1.4 million downloads um, and one person has already used it 74 times. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so he literally just goes down his list of things in his home that need maintenance or repair and gets online with one of our experts, and we walk him through the fix. So it's oh actually goodness. been a, a lot of fun. That's so great. Um, yeah. You should use him in your advertising for sure. Yes, absolutely. We've talked about that, actually. (laughs) At the very least, a testimonial, right? Number one fan. Yeah, for sure. Um, And then there's probably the B2B aspect where you need to obviously have relationship with with the providers. I mean, because that's huge as well. Right, exactly. Um, Talk a little bit about, tell everybody about your history, um, your career path that got you to this place. Because I know you've had some really interesting marketing leadership roles uh, previously. So let's... It has been a journey. Tell us about you. Yeah. It was funny. I was thinking about talking to you when I was driving in this morning, and I was thinking back over my career, and I thought, you know, I am so lucky, so blessed, whatever you want to think about it, that I have loved every job I've had. Mm. Truly loved every job I've had. Um, Some more than others, but um, I started really... Uh, had a short stint with a tech company um, in Kansas City right out of grad school and then went to Lee Jeans mm-hmm. where I worked on the amazing Lee brand. Yeah, that's where we yeah. met. And that was, oh, I won't tell you how many years ago <laughs> that was. I, I was, yeah, I was wondering about the age of your daughter today or one of your daughters because cause you have two, right? I have a daughter and a son. Yeah, 
a daughter. So okay, no, she's I couldn't 15. remember for sure. So okay, it's interesting because yeah. I think that would have been back around like 2012, 2013. So that was I think I first met you when you were pregnant. Okay, well there you go. So that was I that think was that's right. The, okay, so that was yeah. even for that was uh, 20. You're right. That was 20 yeah. 2008. <laughs> oh my gosh, I feel old right now. Uh, yeah, so I was definitely well. I, actually, in two thousand eight, I'd moved to H and R Block. So, I, but I know we met at at Lee. Yeah, um, it would have been before so, then, but I was still pregnant. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> oh my god! But um, I started at Lee, kind of worked up from strategy and PR, and ended up being the head of marketing there. Um, I was there about fourteen years, and what I loved. You know, right away was, again, Lee Jean's 100-year-old brand um, that we were really trying to reinvent. And that was what I loved so much um, about that that role. I then went to H&R Block, um, where I started out as the um, VP of brand and advertising and eventually became the, the chief marketing and strategy officer and just... You know, I joked earlier about not. I don't necessarily pick the sexiest categories. <laughs> Tax prep didn't sound like anything that I would spend that long doing. Um, but I will tell you, I loved H&R Block as well. It was just this amazing company being the, the leader in the category um, and just brilliant people I was surrounded by. And we did some really fantastic things um, in my years there as well that I'm very, very proud of. Um, including launching a, a cause marketing program around financial literacy for teenagers and that sort of thing, but also um, bringing in, you know, back in in 2016, bringing in AI and some of the, mm. um, you know, we worked with IBM Watson and did some pretty amazing things. So um, very, very proud of the work that was done there. And then I left and did a couple of years at Massage Envy, moved to Scottsdale for a couple of years and was their um, chief brand officer as well. And oh my gosh, what a fun industry that was. Yeah. And we were, we were, we, I think 2019 was one of their best years in history. And we were just on a roll and having so much fun. And then COVID hit. Mm. And if you'll remember, um, a big part of Massage Envy's um, offering is facials. And if you'll remember when COVID hit, everybody was saying, don't touch your face. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it really was rough. And I decided at that point to come back to Kansas City, which is where I had been and where um, my family is. Um, and then had a couple of great opportunities in the short term um, and ended up at Front Door. And the reason I came to Front Door was Bill Cobb, who was the CEO at H&R Block, was the chairman of the board at Front Door, took over as CEO, and he gave me a call one day and said, hey, why don't you come join me? So I'm back with Bill, and we're just, we're having a ball. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah. 
at Plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. I love that. I mean, there's so much in that story. Uh, You know, everything you've done, you've had so much direct focus on consumer insights, which I know feels kind of... Um, basic, but it's so not. It's just like you've exactly. you've had some positions that have enabled you to re- be really close to where consumers, you know, are thinking, feeling, spending. It really is is yeah. interesting how how um, that journey has enabled you to have that. That feels like such a through line, and um, and I love too the point you made about you know Bill called you up. I mean, this industry, as we all know, is is ultimately very, very small and everybody knows everybody and everybody at some point has connection to or works for or with um, folks, again, whether it's on the brand side or the agency side and everything in between. It's just, it's really such an interesting ecosystem. So um, I love that story. I'm interested now in hearing more about this chief revenue officer role. And, you know, I mean, the CMO community and I'm spending a lot of my time Focusing on, you know, the 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 focus on what is a CMO? What's the relevance of a CMO? Yeah. What's the relevance of marketing? You know, or is it brand or performance? Where you know, and so all that swirl yeah. of conversation continues in the background, and yet here you are, an example of somebody who has always owned the marketing mandate within organizations, but now was was just elevated to CRO, where you own sales now, and that is an right. interesting new dynamic. And I'm just curious. For you to answer the question, what does it mean for you and what does it mean for your business? But what is it in your experience or this case study of you that you think, what might it signal to the broader um, CMO world? Yeah, great question. So, you know, I, I still believe in the magic of marketing. I believe that a creative idea um, can, you know, wake up a brand. Um, I believe that the consumer insight can drive the business. And so, you know, taking all of those things, um, we just went through a large segmentation study at Front Door. And that's really what led us to that Front Door app is that, you know, there are very different segments of consumers, of homeowners in this case, um, who have very different beliefs about things. I mean, there are there's one segment they are not going to let somebody come into their house and fix something. They would rather have it broken than have somebody come in. There are other people where, you know, home is the center of their lives and everything has to be in perfect order at all times. And they're going to invest more in maintenance and they want to make sure that they change out those air filters and do everything right. And there's just, you know, you those consumer insights start to just help you build the story. Um, and, and so I do believe in, in, in that magic and in the story and how to connect with people is so important. I have heard over and over again, and I know you have too, this term of, are you a modern marketer? Mm-hmm. It's like, I don't even know what that means. Uh, you know, we don't we do not do yellow page marketing anymore. So I guess we're, you know, but, yeah. but it's, it, is, it is just so inclusive of all of those things. I mean, the performance side of it, absolutely has to be, you know, aligned and in sync with the brand piece of it. And and when you talk about sales, um, why I think that's so important for us is with the American Home Shield brand, um, we have a 50-year-old brand that needs some reinvention. 
and yet it's a very healthy brand. It's a solid brand. It's the leadership brand in the category. And then over on the other side, you've got Front Door, which is a brand new app reaching a completely different audience. Um, and we, you know, just began advertising this brand and have already, like I said, you know, we had a million downloads in the first two months. Um, so there's some magic there as well. So it's just now, how do you connect with, you know, both on the business side and the consumer side and continue to build those brands in a relevant way? And and I will say, too, the home warranty industry is what I call a sea of sameness. Every competitor looks the mm-hmm. same. We all have the same colors. We all have words like shield and protect and American and, you know, first in our names. Um, a lot of red, white, and blue. All the iconography looks the same. So it's how do you pull yourself out of that mm-hmm. sea of sameness and really stand for something um, that's unique and that matters? So those are the things that we're trying to do. I will also say the real estate uh, market has been so challenging, as you know, the last couple of years, really since covid And that is a big part of our business. So it's, you know, when nobody's moving and nobody's selling houses, how do you get them to think about a home warranty? So there's my my sales uh, partner is Jess Fields, and she is phenomenal. Um, And that's what she is always thinking about. All right, now now that the real estate market might be waking up a little bit and we're talking about dropping interest rates in 2024, how do we get ahead of that and do it in a way that makes sense for the brand? and makes sense for the consumer segments and, you know, for both of the both front uh, front door and American Home Shield. So there's there's a lot to think about. I, as I said, I'm, I'm humbled. I'm so excited to be in the CRO role moving forward. And I think it's also there's there's a little pressure there. Um, all of a sudden there's, oh, yeah, we got to be not just looking at how to invest in the brands, but how to make the math work. Yeah. Um, but I'm up for that challenge. Yeah. Well, I mean, on that point, um what are the takeaways for others who are who might be listening? You know, what's Yeah. <laughs> it is scary. It is pressure. It's it's yeah. massive, but it's also, you know, it's it's achieving that that status that um that platform within organizations is a true growth driver. Yeah. So, um Right. I I think um and you I remember you and I talking about this a long time ago, the relationship between um the CFO and and the CRO and looking at I, we even have I have an analytics partner who is one of my most valued partners in the company, but um, the the CFO and I, Jessica Ross, we have a fabulous fabulous relationship, and I think that is so important uh, for a CRO to really make sure that you've got that first team in place. Mm-hmm. Um, and those are the people that are going to be the first ones you turn to. They're the ones that you've always got each other's back. Um, they're the ones who are going to step in when there's a conflict. And it's really important, I think, for especially the, the CFO and the CRO to be in lockstep. And, you know, thinking in my role just a week ago as chief brand officer, well, the chief brand officer is not supposed to get along with the chief financial yeah. officer because it's always a battle. But I think in the chief revenue officer role, it's even more important that she and I are connected and we are thinking about kind of the long-term health of the brand, but at the same time, the efficiencies that we can put in place today to make sure that that math does work mm. um, and that we're growing at the right pace. We're, um, we, we bounce a lot of ideas off of each other. Um, and as I said, my analytics partner um, 
he is such a key part of it. I, I want him at the table for every conversation we have because he's helping me think through, um, first of all, what we've tried before, how that's worked, and then how it ties back to those different segments in a way um, that we can be really targeted. Mm-hmm. So it's, I think it's just alignment with the right people. You're what I call the first team within the organization is going to take you um, a long ways. Yeah. I have to ask a creativity question because, um, you know, there's a lot. There's a lot around creativity right now that I don't know. I And I mentioned brand versus performance. And, you know, I've also heard it's hard for – so one one school of thought is that it's hard for marketers to take big swings right now. And, um, you know, you have a history of taking big swings cre- with creativity. Mm-hmm. and But right now it feels like it's a hard place to do things that are perhaps bold or, um, you know, things are quite polarized right now. And so it's it's, yeah. it's a difficult – it's a difficult time. Do you have thoughts yeah. either specific to you in your context or just in general around, you know, how best marketers can sort of navigate this this period? Yeah, I think you're right. It is a hard time. And I think it's especially hard because you can't win. You can't please everybody. And now everything has become so public and, and you know, you're, you're criti- criticized so publicly. Um, we took a little bit of a swing when we launched Front Door creatively. And I'm not sure if you've had the opportunity to look at the work, but we took a couple of songs um, and made little parodies. um, And one of them is instead of we built this city as we fixed this toilet. Um, (laughs) And we knew that it was going to stand out from that sea of sameness that I talked about, which was so important for me to make sure that this brand looked different and people, you know, just, you know, almost snap your head back like, wait, what was that? Mm -hmm. Um, And at the same time, you know, I knew there would be people saying, what in the world are you trying to do here? (laughs) Um, You've got people dancing around a toilet and that sort of thing. But what we learned is from the research we've done, we we have a good feel for what a brand can get away with. Mm-hmm. And and can this brand have a little more personality? Can this brand be a little more fun? Um, I will say one of the probably the greatest mistakes I've made in my career is when I tried to push too hard and be too cool <laughs> and go after a new audience in a way that just wasn't well thought out. So I was very, very cautious not to do that again. Um, but I knew with the launch of Front Door, we could take a little bit of a risk. We could have a little more fun. We're going after a slightly different audience. A lot of these people are younger. A lot of them are first-time homeowners. Um, and we've actually gotten just a great response to the advertising. I'm really proud of it. Um, and, and it just kind of opened my mind a little bit and reminded me that we can still have fun. Uh, you can take a creative risk. Um, not everybody's going to love it, and that's okay. But but what I noticed is, you know, spending not a ton of money um, that drove over a million downloads in two months, we did something right. Uh, so you you can still do it. You can still do it. And, of course, the media, you know, the, the media choices we made were really good, too. Yeah. Um, so I think it was just the combination of all of it. Yeah, well, the media choices is important because that's also yeah. super – I think people are putting a lot more thought around, like, media choice, media strategy, media selection. It's hard. It's very hard. Yeah, yeah, it's really, really hard, yeah. and it's becoming just so fragmented yeah. um, that I have to stop and ask, you know, from time to time. Now, what exactly is the difference between this channel and this channel, and why are we investing here and not there? Mm-hmm. Um, but it's yeah, it's getting more tricky. I remember the good old days when it was TV and radio yeah. and a handful of prints, you know, and it's just 
now I'm try I'm just constantly challenging my team to where else can we be mm. where that makes sense? Yeah. Are we in the places we need to be? Mm. And where should um, we be? So it's tough. You know, where, and where should I we mean, be? Right. The flip of it. So I mean, listen, we don't all have all the answers all the time, but at least if we're cognizant of the challenges that we're facing in, in real time, that's yep. obviously half the battle. Yeah. So um, you, right. you clearly are there. And and by the way, you're making this interview so easy because you're answering all the questions that I had lined up anyway, just organically. <laughs> so I love that. Perfect. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask you what's a, what's a mistake you've made because we learn from our mistakes yeah. as much as we learn from our wins. And um, yeah. It was, yeah, that was a tough one, and I, I talk about it pretty openly. Um, but it was taking a creative step that um, probably just pushed a little too far, and, and our audience, our consumer, did not really connect with it. And it was around the time of um, the launch of Hamilton, and, and there was a big, you know, hip-hop um, sort of push, and it felt right from a, you know, a, a culture perspective, um, but like I said, I made some calls that probably were not as well thought out as they should have been. Um, thankfully, I had a lot of support internally. We had done some other things that really had worked well. The bow tie guy at H and R Block was such a such a hit. Yeah. Um, and then we brought John Hammond to do a campaign right after my my mistake, as I'll call it. You're um, learning. And You're learning. My learning. Moment. That's yeah. a much better word. Yes. <laughs> and and you know the John Hamm campaign worked really really well. And and that was sort of one of those, like I said, snap your head back moments like, wait a minute, John Hamm is up there talking mm-hmm. about H&R Block. How cool is this? And that's when we launched the AI uh, with IBM Watson. So um, those were, you know, those two campaigns sort of made up from for that learning yeah. <laughs> um, incident. But I think, um, I, I think that, that what you can do is try to quickly rebound. Um, and I, I always have believed in like, just stand up and own it. Yeah. I knew I had done the wrong thing. Um, we always, Bill Cobb as a leader has always said, this is a no blame culture in both companies. I've worked with him and it truly, that's how he treated it. And that's how I try to treat those um, situations today. Love that. Own it. Own it, but it's a no-blame culture. We're not, you know, we're not going to hang you out to dry because you made a bad call. And so, thankfully, um, I was under Bill's leadership at that time and was able to quickly move forward. And um, and and you do, but those mistakes kind of they always when you think back, it's like, oh, if only, yeah. if only I would have thought of A, B, and C. Well, but, you know, look, and we've seen some very public mishaps, shall we say, or you know, mistakes made, yes. and. Um, and, um, you know, I think there are collective learning opportunities from those, and there's obviously, like, individual learning opportunities, and, and that's, you know, so I, I love what you yeah. said about owning it um, and the no-blame culture concept, because I think that's super, super key for any organization. Yeah. One one COI, I have conversations with folks all the time, one, one person said to me, you know, because we're so data-obsessed, and, and going back to what you were referencing, you know, the question is, well, what was in the data, what was in the tea leaves. And other people say, you know, CMOs have told me, look, at the end of the day, what I bring is 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 my brilliance, my intuition, my gut. Like you can't, you yeah. know, and that, that age-old debate that persists is so, 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 so true. Um, and so, you know, I think that there's going to be those moments when yeah. people um, don't get the outcomes they had hoped for because um, – Gut and intuition is not a measurable thing, and that is part of the brilliance of being a chief marketing officer, part of being that person who's overseeing creative thinking and new ideas and innovation. 
and storytelling, you know, even as they're looking obsessively at the data. So it's it is the biggest challenge. And I have seen in a couple of companies now where I've been kind of swinging from one extreme to the other. Like, you know, the the CMO before you was total performance. That was everything was, you know, looking at the data multiple times a day. Um, and the one before that was the other extreme of, you know, all intuition, all gut. You know, I would love to say, oh, it's really a balance. Of course, it's a balance. But um but I still will, I, I think intuition and gut will edge out the data. Um, it, it just, some of these things take time. I think we try to quickly come to some conclusions with when we're looking at data instead of allowing some things to sit for a while. Um, but I, yeah, I, I tend to lean a little bit more to the gut. Yeah. Um, and, and hopefully, you know, again, Hopefully the data supports that and, and your intuition is right, but it's usually more right than not. Yeah, even in the age of AI. And you're somebody even who's, the, that's right. AI. That's right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, that's right. Um, well, we're coming down on time. I um, I can't help but ask, you're in Kansas City. I'm so obsessed. <laughs> I'm a Jets fan. I know. But, oh, my goodness I know gracious. Like, well, first of all, you're a Jets fan. That's very sweet. <laughs> But I can't help but say that I've been paying attention to the Chiefs games lately. Yeah, you know, I I will say real quickly, um, the one part of my career journey I did not go into was I did about a year at an amazing insurance company here in Kansas City called GEHA. Um, And they brought me in as a consultant because they had just decided they wanted the naming rights of Arrowhead Stadium for the Kansas City Chiefs, and they needed a marketing leader to help do this. So I stepped in as a consultant and actually ended up working there full-time for a while. And like I said, amazing company. Um, But the great thing was that I got to work with the Chiefs um, very, very closely during during that year I was there, including directly with Patrick Mahomes um, and did a little bit with Travis Kelsey. And... I, 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 what can I say? They, they're the real deal, both of them. Andy Reid's the real deal. I love that organization. I love that team. And how can you not love Taylor? Oh, um, the, the whole thing is so much fun. Yes, fabulous. <laughs> it's so much fun, and you know we all have some wagers uh, placed on. Is this a real deal? But we we feel pretty I'm good about that. I'm team trailer all the way. I'm so yes. excited. And yes, I watch. I watch because it's just, uh, anyway, it's the single biggest story. And I'm happy for them. But I'm also, it's just yeah. such a such an interesting um, time to see. I mean, I can't even imagine what the stats are on the number of new Chief fans that exist out oh, there. Oh, yeah. It's just, yeah. Um, on on steroids, Every, no, yes unbelievable. oh yeah and and you know the big debate is is she helping his career or is he helping hers i think it's a little bit a of little both bit but they they seem to be having a fun a lot of fun and we did somebody snapped a picture of him coming out of a grocery store recently when she was coming into town and he had two bags of ice cream and we're like oh that just makes it even more perfect he's buying ice cream for her so you heard heard it here first folks i love that <laughs> right. Kathy. thank you yes. last quick question before we wrap but something i ask everybody uh at the end is who's next like who is somebody who you can you know you admire from afar and don't know uh, or somebody you're really, really close to and and know well. What's another CMO, head of marketing, um, somebody who's doing things in a really dynamic way um, that we should have on the show? Oh wow, that is such a great question. This is not a, exactly a CMO. So I, the person that came to mind first was Rocky Novak, who um, is a CEO of Fallon. Um, awesome. 
and Rocky is has been with Fallon his entire career. Uh, he has grown up there. He was very, very tight with Pat Fallon, um, mm-hmm. who passed away in 2015. Um, and I think Rocky is one of the most strategic and creative people I've ever met in my life. Uh, he's brilliant. He's a fabulous leader. Um, I think he is just key to the success of that agency. And I just, I have so much trust and respect in him or for him. Um, that I think he would be a great guest for That's you. That's awesome. So they're your AOR or they're, they're the one? They're yes, the they one. are. They are. Yes. Phenomenal. I love that. So, yeah. We'll reach out. Yes. Awesome, Kathy. Yeah, please do. Thank you so much. Thank you, Jenny. Enjoy the holidays. It was great being here. You too. And I look forward to seeing you uh, again soon and hopefully in person Anytime. next time. Perfect. Thanks, Jenny. Thank you for listening to Marketing Vanguard, part of the Adweek Podcast Network and ACAST Creator Network. This podcast was produced by Jordan Pretano, executive produced by Al Manorino and John Heil, and edited by Lane McGibney at Batwell Studios. You can listen and subscribe to all of Adweek's podcasts by visiting adweek.com slash podcasts. Stay updated on all things Adweek Podcast Network by following us on Twitter at Adweek Podcasts. And if you have a question or suggestion for the show, send us an email at podcast at adweek.com. Thanks for listening.